Come on, let's give the Lord another hand praise for the word this morning. Amen. Thank you, Elder Watkins, for the word this morning. What I got out of it. <laughs> that back then, they lived the life they sung about. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. I ask everyone to stand. Amen. Pastor Jerry Seagram. I'm going to uh read uh, the scripture that I will come from today and uh, lead us in a quick word of prayer. I'm going to read from Romans, the book of Romans, first chapter, verses 18 through 32. So you all are going to be standing for a minute. <laughs> Romans, first chapter, Verses 18 through 32. And then I'll read from the NASB version. So it reads as follows. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. 
for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Wow. Father God, we come before you today. And Lord, we've read this passage. And Father, we say amen. We ask on today that your people hear from you, Lord, a word from on high. Father, let not it be tainted by the messenger, but let it be straight from you to their hearts and their minds. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. And I want to once again uh, thank the Colliers. Uh, I, I tell you, uh, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was sitting there, and we were just going through the song, and uh, and then they began to play, and and honestly, it struck me how good you guys sound, you know. And uh, I didn't want to look at your father because I knew he was crying at the time. Now I'm joking. <laughs> No, I was about to cry, tell the truth. It sounds that good. And so uh, just want to encourage you guys, keep up the good work. 
and can't wait to hear from you again. Amen. Amen. So we, we have a portion of scripture today, and it's, our, it's actually our second lesson in the spring quarter in the Sunday school. Uh, I don't know why Union Gospel Press wanted to pick a fight, but they did. <laughs> this is a, a tough portion of scripture, and I wrestled with it all week. Uh, I tell you, I listened to others and their approach, others as in other ministers and, and pastors. I listened to them and their approach to this um, passage. And um, it's a heavy passage. And most of the folks I listened to, they started with an explanation as to how weighty this uh, passage is. It speaks to our time and it does not hold back. <laughs> it does not hold back. It's without excuse, without excuse, unapologetically. Paul says, let me roll up my sleeves and let's go to work. That's what he's saying. And this is a, a, a passage, even though I've been speaking for, for years, I've never, uh, never taught or, or spoke on this, on this chapter. Uh, not that I was avoiding it, but that uh, I just never uh, spoke or came from it. And, uh, and I see why this week, because you, you gotta, <laughs> you, you can't half step. And this defines what kind of minister of God you will be. This is the type of message, the type of passage that, that, that separate those who try to soften the blow to, to a point where they're not really standing with God, to those that say, thus saith the Lord, and I stand with him. And it's a decision that ministers, and you all as well, will have to make in your heart and say, do you stand with him? Do you stand with him? Amen. So, by way of introduction, I, 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 my title came from a from a uh, a little game that I normally just play with with little ones like my granddaughters, and even with my kids when they were younger, um, and and I used to come up to them and I say I got some good news, and I got some bad news. And I asked them, well, which do you uh, want to hear first? And normally, as always, they want to hear the good news, right? So they say, good news. And then I would tell them the good news. And then the bad news wouldn't be that bad. It wouldn't be that bad. And then they were like, oh, you know, like, say, for example, if I was talking about suckers, I would say, I got some good news. I got some bad news. What do you want to hear? And they say, good news. I say, okay, I got two suckers for you. What's the bad news? The well, bad news is I only have two. And they're like, oh, that's okay. We're going to get our cavities going. 
So that's, you know, that's it. But today, the title is, <laughs> I've got some bad news. And it's going to come before the good news. The good news will follow the bad news. And, and that's what Paul is saying here. Got some bad news first before we get to the good news. And here's the good news, by the way, and I, and I tried to put it in, in just a short sentence. Here's the good news. The good news for all begins with recognizing that nobody's right. That the good news for all begins with recognizing that we're all no good. Remember the old song, you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, baby, you're no good. We're all not good. That's the, the bad news. And, and, and Paul decided to pump the brakes for a second between verses 17 and verse 18. He decided to pause for a moment. He's pumping the brakes and he says, let's slow down. I gave you all from the first verse to the 17th verse, uh, a glimpse of what the good news is all about, but I have to do this first. See, he said in verse 17, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Then he goes on to say something else is being revealed in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. He had to pump the brakes for a second and just say to us the crisis that is taking place, right? What is going on? Paul is letting us know that the bad news must come before the good news. I like what F.F. Bruce said. He said this, he needed to show why it is so urgently necessary that the way to get right with God should be known. It should be known. And, and Morris said this, unless there is something to be saved from, there's no point in talking about salvation. You hear that? Unless there is something to be saved from, there's no point in talking about salvation. So what we need salvation from is the wrath of God. And why God's wrath is an issue is because of S-I-N. It's because of sin. And we've got to talk about sin for a moment because sin is defined by this violation of God's will, either by omitting to do what God's law requires or by doing what it forbids. In other words, when you leave out the good you know to do, 
That's sin. And, and when you do the wrong that he tells you not to do, that's sin, right? And, and the, the definition of sin has all to do with God's standards. It has to do with God's standard. God sets the rules, the standard. Amen. For, for Paul was saying that uh, here's the significant thing. The, the significant thing is not that people have met their own standards, but that but they have not met God's standard. That's the issue. Amen. See, your preferences and rules cannot save me. They can. And mine cannot save you. Amen. See, it's easy for you to satisfy your own standards. See, if you're going to set the rules, you're going to set them to play to you, to play to your advantage. You're going to make sure that you can accomplish those things. Right. And, 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 and trust me, if I'm going to set the rules, I'm going to make sure I can do them. I'm going to make sure that I can do it. In fact, I might change them depending on my mood. You know, today I may not want to be as nice. So I will write a commandment. Thou does not have to be as nice today. You see, mine can't save you and yours cannot save mine. God sets the standard. Sin has its uh, meaning by his definition. Amen. He determines what's right and what's wrong. And of course, sin can occur up here in your thoughts. Amen. It can occur here from your mouth. <laughs> and it definitely can occur here with your whole actions. Amen. So with your thoughts and your words and your actions, sin can definitely be committed and present. So sin is ultimately against God. Now, do we sin against man and one another? Of course we do. But sin is ultimately, it's against God. So I was thinking and I said, well, wouldn't somebody say, isn't sin, sin? Isn't all sin, sin? Are there degrees of sin? No. And yes. No and yes. Are there degrees to sin? No, in this sense, legal guilt Legal guilt, that's what the theologians preach about, teach about, legal guilt. Legal guilt says that any sin, even the teeny weeny ones, right, makes you guilty. Amen? It makes you guilty. Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, verse 20, it starts with this. The soul sins shall surely die and surely was not a female's name 
shall surely die, right? James says this in, in chapter two, verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. So that's the no. Are there degrees to sin? No, in that sense. We're all legally guilty before God. However, there's a yes portion to it as well. There, is a de there are degrees to sin. Amen. For, for example, I give you this example. If my, if my dislike for you, right? And I'm not pointing at anyone in particular, but I'm just saying for you. If my dislike for you, right? If it boils over to a point where there's a dark moment in my, in my mind and I just reach back to Mississippi and I come back to slap the taste out of your mouth. That's, 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 that's sin. Amen. But it's, it's different from if that same dislike motivates me to pull out a gun and then pow, I shoot you dead. You see, there's, there's a difference there. There is a difference. And, 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 and let's go back to the, the slap. It's a difference there because even Positionally, there's a difference. Like if you had a new convert coming into church, imagine the church newspaper, new convert slap mother. But, but watch how this reads. Pastor slaps mother. <laughs> See, that's, that's a bit different, isn't it? See, even positionally, we know that it's, it's, it, it's some requirement of me to act differently. Amen? It's required of me to be an example, right? So even that kind of makes things different. Amen? But believe it or not, I explained that, but that's not Paul's point. That's not Paul's point. Paul's point is not for us to go and chase down rabbit holes to get all into the particulars of sin. See, Paul's point really can be found in verse, you know, in a word that is in verse 29. And that verse is filled. F-I-L-L-D-E-D. And, and what it means is that it doesn't concentrate on degrees here. He was making the point that, once again, the good news for all begins with recognizing that nobody is right. None of us, no one is right. Amen. So field means all have sinned over and over and over and over and over. That's what field means, over and over. All, all have sinned, amen? Paul knows a bit about human 
uh, uh, nature as well. He, he, he knows that we want to, we rather like compare ourselves to one another than to compare ourselves to God. Amen. So, so he, he knew that. And, and, and so because he knew that, he said, you know what? I'm going to just go down that street with you all. And I'm going to talk first about, although he doesn't mention them per se, he doesn't mention Gentiles, but that's what he, he said he'll start with. He said, I'm going to start with the Gentiles. We're going we're gonna to talk about the Gentiles. And the Jewish people were like, yeah, talk about them. Talk about them. They're, they're no good. They are really no good. Yeah, let's talk about them. See, we... We were, were cured of, of idolatry during the uh, Babylonian captivity. See, after the Babylonian captivity, we, we, we said no to idolatry. But those Gentiles, they are idolaters and they're, they're wicked. Get them, Paul. Get them. Get them. We're going to get a front row seat here. And you just get them, get them. See, let, let, let's bring it home. If we were talking about the Jewish folks and their stance of get the Gentiles, the Jewish folks will be equivalent to church folks today. So we're the church folks and the Gentiles are those out there that are not in church. So, so in other words, we can say get them today because see this this huge list of vices that doesn't pertain to us right i mean uh, what i just read i mean for, for you know that doesn't like pertain to us we we're not idolaters we 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 don't we don't backbite and slander and lie and we don't deal with we don't deal with like sexual immoralities and stuff like that. We're, we're, we're Christians, <laughs> right? We're, we're, we're Christians, we're church folks. We don't deal with that, right? So, so today you all can just sit back and chill, so to speak. And, and I won't be talking about you all because you know, you're church folks, right? I'll be talking about other folks, you know, but you guys, right? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. There's no sitting back. <laughs> because as I stated, the good news for all begins with recognizing that we're all, we're all messed up. Amen. We're all messed up. So he says, and Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. See, scholars were very nervous. Some were very nervous in, in applying this word wrath to God because, see, they said that it insinuated that God was all about vengeance and big payback and, and he was petty. But that's not our God. <laughs> See, that's when you try to reduce God down to 
our standards once again. No, see, God's main attribute is holy, right? And just think if it wasn't, if it wasn't holy, then, then it would just be justice. But no, it's holy justice. Big difference. If it wasn't holy, it would just be anger. But no, it's holy anger, right? See, holy makes the difference, right? Holy puts him beyond us. We're not holy, but he's holy. Amen. And, and, and that's the main point. In terms of this wrath, if, it, if there is wrath, then guess what? It's a holy wrath, right? It's a just, a holy, just wrath. See, ungodliness, right? Ungodliness, if you define that word, what it means is that it, it was a disrespect towards God. Impiety. Irreverent. No respect for God. No respect at all for God. And, and, and then the word unrighteousness, really the root word of that is justice. Now that's a buzzword for the day, right? Social justice, right? What's interesting is if you comb the pages of scripture, scripture is not occupied with social justice. It's occupied with God's righteousness. And that's a holy justice. Amen. He is just, not just, but he is holy just. And that's what we are talking about today. So it's, it's real interesting because, see, social justice says we, we want to be equal with one another. Uh, you get your due and I get my due, right? But God is not preoccupied with that. What he is saying here is that you make sure that you are right with me. You make sure that this is right. I can take care of what's going on down here. Just make sure that you're right with me. Amen. It's not to say that we give a, a blind eye to wrong that is going on. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that this here makes you even address this here the right way. So you have to get this right in order to even try to get this right. Amen. Amen. So it goes on to say that folks are suppressing or holding down, holding back the truth. And imagine, if you will, that you know what truth is. Everyone knows what truth is. And if you could put it in a box, they would put it in a box and then they will put the lid on it and they will try to hold the lid down. And they're trying to suppress truth. And what they're suppressing truth and trying to hold truth, but by the way, they're not successfully doing it. You can't hold God back, amen. But what they do is they try to hold it in and they're struggling to hold it in and they're holding it in. And guess what they are trying to hold it in on? 
their truth. Their truth. Right? They're trying to hold back his truth with their version of truth. Truth like evolution, for example, right? Evolution. Now, can, for example, a, 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 I'll get into that later. I'll get into that later. I'll just say what they're trying to hold back is his truth. And, and in the Sunday school material, it, it gave us an example of, of, of how you, what you have to ignore, to, 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 what, what you have to ignore to, to, to do your own thing. They gave an example of the Milky Way, right? They said the Milky Way has over 100 billion stars, 100 billion stars. And if you were to count them, count those stars at the rate of one star per second, it would take you about 3,000 years to count them all. Isn't that amazing? That's mind blowing. Who, have you ever known a person to live 3,000 years? You'll never finish that count, right? And that's, that's just the Milky Way. So, so the Milky Way screams out, someone made me. Someone made me, right? Someone made me. But yet they, they try to suppress and hold that back. And they say, no, 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 no. Big bang. The big bang. No, 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 evolution, right? Evolution, right? And, and, and here's the, 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 the lie about evolution. See, can, can something change or evolve over a, a long period to perhaps uh, more efficiently adapt to its environment? Yes. Yeah, something can change to adapt more efficiently to its environment over time. Yeah, but, but here's the lie about evolution or the theory of evolution. Adam was perfect. <laughs> Adam was perfect. Prior to sinning, Adam was perfect. Every man after Adam, guess what? Where's evolution? <laughs> I can't get to even where Adam was. You get what I'm saying? Prior to Adam's sin, he was perfect. He started off perfect. And all of a sudden we've been going down and down ever since. And, and the story of redemption is God is trying to say, I'm calling you back to me. I'm calling you back to me. Amen. So man attempts to hold back God and introduce alternative truths at the same time. 
But it goes on to say this, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile futile, or rather, in their speculations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So things were screaming, I was made by someone. I was made by someone, and, and people ignored that. It's, it's like the old uh, uh, example of the watch. A, a watch points to its maker, and, and they go on to say that, that, that a design points to its designer and creation points to its creator, amen? And there's just no denying that. The creation points to its creator. And it points to its creator so clearly that guess what? There's no excuse. You are without excuse. God is telling you who he is, and he's showing you who he is through natural revelation. Natural revelation, not specific revelation, but natural revelation. And natural revelation has to do with creation. And everything screams that God made me. God made me, right? One, one, one pastor said that his father was in medicine and, and, and he came back to say to his son that, you know, just the eye alone <laughs> and studying the eye alone. I mean, if I didn't believe in God, I would believe in God after just understanding how precise the eye works and how it was made. It just screams that God made me someone that's higher than me, made me, amen, made me. And, and of course, of course, if we don't acknowledge God, because we are like just what instinctively religious, guess what we'll do? If we, if we don't honor the true God, because we're instinctively religious, guess what we do? We go and grab a, another God. <laughs> we, we got to worship something. We have to worship something or someone. And you're gonna have a, 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 a master, right? Either it'll be the true God or it'll be an idol, right? And, I, and you can make an idol out of anything, pleasure, entertainment, you name it. You can make an idol out of anything or anyone. But here's how you fall for the old okie doke, right? See, your, your, your sinful nature, this is what the Sunday school material points out, that your sinful nature 
It says, I want freedom from God. I don't want to do anything he tells me to do. I want to be me. I want to be and do my own thing. I want to set the rules. I want to live my life. And I just want to sever my relationship with him. And I want to go on and do my own thing. And I want to be free. And then sin says, yeah. You want to be free. You want to be free. And all of a sudden, boom, I cut that relationship from God, which is sin. Sin cuts that relationship, right? And then all of a sudden, when you're in sin, guess what sin does? Sin keeps you separated by enslaving you. So either way, you're not free. You're not free. Either God will be your God or something else or someone else will be your God. But you will not be free in the sense that you are talking and you're thinking. You will not have total autonomy. You will have to answer to something or someone. And the question is, is who will it be? Who will it be? Who will it be? So it, it goes on right quick and it says, you know, uh, folks think they're smart when they separate from God. They think they've advanced. Right. And they think they're smart. But 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 verse 22 says they become fools. <laughs> it, they actually become fools. And then note the downward progression in verse 23. It says Exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and birds, then four-footed animals, and then crawling, creeping things. You see the downward trend there? Man makes an image of a man and tries to worship that image. No, that don't do. So what I'll do is I'll make an image of an eagle. And I'll say the mighty eagle represents my God. No, no, that won't do. I will, I will, I will get a, a beetle and I will make an image of a beetle and the beetle, no, 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 a worm. I will get a worm. See, it just keeps going down, 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 and down. And that's the trend. So men are not like evolving their what? <laughs> Devolving, if there's such, right? They're, they're going down and they're going down and down. And, and the sad part is that we worship what we worship, we esteem it greater than ourselves. So just think about it. Oh, mighty caterpillar. Oh, wise caterpillar. See, we esteem it. If we're going to worship it, we put it above us, right? And one writer says, not only do we put it above us, but we try to even become like what we worship, right? 
that's the ridiculousness of it. We try to become like what we worship. And then you go down and, and, and to go through some, uh, some more of these verses, it says, notice this, that, that in verse 24, it says, God also gave them up. Then verse 26 says, God gave them up. And verse 28 says, God gave them over. You know, that's a scary thing when God gives up. Imagine that you want to do what you want to do so badly, right? And God is saying, no, 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 no. Just imagine, you know, you're trying to keep a child away from fire and you're trying to hold them back, but that child is fighting you to the point where they're beating you up because they want to get to that fire. Right. And, and, you're, and you're being held back and you're holding them back, holding them back. And at one point you just say, you know, I'm tired of fighting them. Go ahead. And that's what God does. He says, you know what? I, I, I've tried my best to, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to get your attention and everything else. But you know what? Go ahead. You're not listening judicial abandonment that's what they call that judicial abandonment he abandons he he says go ahead i've i've tried to warn you i've tried to even stop you but yet you want to persist and do it go ahead and what you decide to do god he is so wise and he's so amazing because, you know, you can't blame everything on the devil. You can't blame everything on the devil. Some things have built in consequences. Right. If you drink and 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 you drink, it has built in consequences. If you if you if you shoot up and shoot up and shoot up and shoot up and shoot up, it has built in consequences, right? If you run around and you run around and you run around and you run around, guess what it has? Built in consequences, right? But I'm not talking about church folks today, right? We're talking about those outside right right and, and and here's the thing it goes on to say that 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 for they exchanged this is verse 25 they exchanged the truth of god for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever god does not get his due they do not acknowledge him. Imagine the one who made you, the one who actually gives you life, and you just say, out of my life. I don't want anything to do with you. Go away. I don't want anything to do with you. And you're not, they're not serving him. They're not acknowledging him. They're not worshiping him. They're not giving him any credit. They're not giving him any due. And they just go and they run as far as they can from him. And it's no such a thing. 
You can't outrun God. Amen. And they exchange it. They exchange it for what they think is true. Alternative truth, right? For this reason, God gave them over. God gave them over to degrading passions. And here's the hot button topic. God gave them over to degrading passions for their women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural. See, it starts with their bodies are being used for whatever, right? It, it didn't start off, it, it says degrading, right? Degrading, degrading passions, dishonorable, disgraceful, right? Improper actions. That's what folks decide to get off into, right? They decide to go off and, and do, I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked, God says? No, no. But, but what they want to do is they want to they run off and do their own thing and do their own thing. And, and guys, God first goes and says, you know, these degrading passions are something that they are getting into. And then all of a sudden, it didn't start off with same sex issues. It started off with degrading passions. Then it goes down to same sex issues, right? And, and today, the hot topic and the, 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 the thing that is pushed politically as well is same-sex marriage, same-sex equality in terms of relationships. And there, there's no definition here that matters but God's. And what God says is, I designed marriage to be between a woman and a man, heterosexual union and relationship. That's what he defines. That's what he defines. Amen? That's what he defines. So in terms of the same sex and things of that nature, that, that, I read a very interesting article this week. And what it says, and, and I'll park it here because I'm, I'm going to finish next week on this. And it says this. It says that the argument goes that, you know, I, I've been born this way. I've been born this way. And I, I, I'm attracted 